today's episode of the Ringer MBA show is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling sports and music tickets. Other sites have gone back to the same old tactic of showing you a lower price and then charging huge fees at checkout. But at SeatGeek, the price you see is always the price you pay. With SeatGeek, there's no guesswork. You'll know exactly how much you're paying, where you're sitting, and whether or not you're getting a good deal. All that information right from your phone. So drop your old site and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. To start using SeatGeek, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Let me tell you about some other stuff we have going on at The Ringer. You have my attention. This is the Ringer NBA show feed. That's how you're listening to this podcast. We're going to get into talking about the playoffs and Kevin Durant's height momentarily. But... While I have you, I just want to tell you, we also have the NFL show feed now. Kevin Clark, Robert Mays, Mallory Rubin. Maybe some Tate Frazier. It's going to be lit in the words of Tate. Uh, So subscribe to that. And if you like Game of Thrones, just watch After the Throne. My buddy Chris here. Hey, Chris. Hey. He hosts it with our other friend, Andy Greenwald. It's on HBO Go, HBO Now, HBO On Demand, and even your regular HBO channel, after Game of Thrones. Monday Night Lights. Stay, Mon- up, stay up with me. Let's watch it. Uh, I know you got questions. You have no idea what happened with Euron Greyjoy. Like, you just don't. So you need to watch After the Thrones. Chris will tell you everything you need to know. And it's a super fun show. And we'd really appreciate it. All right. Let's get into it. We won. Yeah. <laughs> they suck. Yeah. We here. Yeah. What? Oh, what are you talking about, man? Me, me, me back in the building. Welcome to the Ringer NBA show. This is Sources Say, and I am Juliette Littman. I'm Chris Ryan. We've got a lot to discuss, Chris. Breaking news. Breaking news. Frank, Breaking hearts. Breaking my heart's broken because Frank Vogel is out as the coach of the Indiana Pacers. Oh my god, man. Larry Bird, what a cold one. He's he's like definitely the most Game of Thronesian uh exec in the league. Do you I'll think Larry Bird's you. ever seen Game of Thrones? No. Do you think he has cable? <laughs> no. I don't think so. I think Larry Bird has VHS and he watches old Jazz Bucks games from the 80s just to see how the game should have been played. Interesting. But not his own games? Do you think he watches himself play? No. Do, do, do players do that? Do they watch their own tape? I don't know. Act, like I always respect it when actors are like, I've never watched myself. I mean, it must be really weird. Yeah. I can't even imagine what that's like. I wouldn't want to watch myself unless it was like to work on my strokes specifically. Yeah, right. Anyway, Larry Bird probably was pouring over that tape of his boy Frank Vogel and was like, nah, just don't like what I see here. You're out, buddy. Yeah, so like earlier in the week, the when the Pacers got eliminated by We the North Raptors. We the North. Uh back, they, back on that in Larry moment. Bird had sort of gotten asked by Greg Doyle from the Indie Star. He was like, What what about Vogel? I gotta ask. His contract's up. And Larry was like, We just lost, man. I can't talk about it. And then Bird gave like a statement that was pretty I would say if I was Frank Vogel, I would see that, say that would constitute writing on the wall where he was just like, we need to score more points and I got to figure out a way for us to score more points. And I think by then, if you don't get, I think we can all agree. If you have a contract and it's up and you have not had, uh, we're renewing Frank's contract the day after the season's over. You're out. You're probably out. Yeah. So, and that, that came to pass this morning, Larry Bird gave a press conference, said that Frank Vogel was awesome. They just needed a new voice. And then, in a real buster move, I think, revealed that Frank Vogel had basically begged for his job for 30 minutes on the phone. Yeah. he's. I think he said he pleaded. That was the word sure. he uses. Yeah. That's that's tough. Yeah. 
That's just, why does that have to come out? It's like kind of emasculating for Frank Vogel. Why do you have to do that? I don't know. It's really rude. I think it's probably that Larry Bird just sits in his garage and has like one light bulb swinging over and he drinks Coors Light and thinks about, you know, long range two point shots. Do you think he has an iPhone? Or a smartphone? I think he has a cell phone. I think he's probably pretty good at T9 texting. Flip flip phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like makes a loud sound when he closes it. It's like, Frank, you're fired. Clap. (laughs) You're the weakest link. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Uh, It does sound like he pours over the videotape, not of himself, though, because he was saying that basically the whole year he was like waiting on Miles Turner. And I don't really think that's a fair criticism of Frank Vogel. First of all, Miles Turner turned out to be an impact player. And not many rookies like come in and like immediately become yeah, was Miles Turner taking 11th too? Yeah. I'm, it's cool that Larry Bird is like, I expect us to get good players at the 11th pick. And they have historically they have. drafted so well. Yeah. But uh, it's not also, it's also not fair because they blew up the team that they had constructed to beat the Heat. Like, right? yeah. The Stevenson, George Hill, Paul George, Roy Hibbert, David West team. They blew that team up. And then Paul they lose Paul George for an entire season. So they this still season, almost made the playoffs last year without Paul George. Yeah, which and is so kind they're of amazing. Basically at zero. I think that what Larry Bird probably recognized, which I think is a fair assessment, is that Frank Vogel is a really good coach to get teams to play really good defense and get into the, at least the bottom half of the playoffs. Right. Which he can do. And I think that if he had had a little bit more depth they probably would have been more like a four seed or a three seed, you know, in, in the East the way it is. I don't know if they would have been a 50-win team like Toronto was. Right. But as we're seeing with Toronto, maybe being a 50-win team is not just that not great good anyway. enough. Yeah. yeah. Really quickly, I just want to say, what's up with, like, are we having a little bit of a coach drought? Like, there's no good coaches? Well, everybody, I think that Luke Walton was like an obvious hot pick. Tibbs, it, the Timberwolves look like freaking geniuses getting Tibbs now, right? What a great squad, yeah. But looking at who the Kings and the Rockets are looking at, I heard there was rumors today that the Rockets were also looking at Shaka Smart and Bill Self from the college ranks. I would find it very hard to believe that either of them would leave very good jobs for that hive of backstabbing. And If Jamie Bakersaf, who's been with the Rockets franchise for several years, is taking himself out of consideration, why would you throw yourself into that mix? Yeah, there's not really. So they've talked about Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy, Sam Cassell. I wonder how Mark Van Jack- Mark Jackson and uh, James Harden could do together. Like, I think Mark Jackson would actually have better luck with Boogie in a weird way. Interesting. Because I think he has a very old school, like, you know, yeah. and he, he, I think he would be able to really be like, I'm the last chance saloon to Boogie. Like, do you think that James Harden is affected by great oratory? Like, do you think he like hears President Obama speak and he was like, yeah, that, like that. You that mean when he's me? on his own bus on the way to the. Yeah, when he's on his solo <laughs> we'll bus. We'll get to the Rockets in a little bit. <laughs> um, I just want to say one thing about the Pacers before we move on from them is for all of like the problems, I guess Bird is saying now that he's been thinking about replacing the coach since the All Star break, they don't like have a lot of drama in general. Like they have Monte Ellis on their team, and every other team that yeah, Ty Ellis- Lawson said he liked the culture. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they had Ty Lawson and Monte Ellis, and I haven't heard a peep about either of them since they've gotten there, yeah. which I think is like pretty impressive for the franchise. I feel like the Heat and the Pacers are both like known for like their institutional culture, and so I wonder if that is more Bird than Vogel. Well, it was just, I don't know why I'm giving Bird the benefit of the doubt right now. He said that he thought they needed to score more points. That's the way the league was going, and that's fine. But it does seem like they built that team to be a stout defensive team right. that, holds, that beats you 85-79. Right. And if that's the case, then how did you expect them also to be putting up 110 points a game? Right. And if that's what your focus is on, then how can they like how can you expect that 
that you'll just have the same like power basically. I yeah. mean, I think it's hard when you compare yourself to Golden State because their defense is very good, and then they go back and they score a million points. But if you don't have those three point shooters, like what are you like what are you gonna do? Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. You know, I'm happy for Paul George, though. He's the big winner here, and I've always just had a soft spot for him. You mean the Los Angeles Lakers' Paul George? Los Angeles Lakers' Paul George. Well, if they've gotten rid of Vogel, there's just no way they're getting rid of Paul George. Or are they? I don't think so. Well, there was, so the rumor yesterday was Colin Coward said that the Lakers were going to shop whatever pick they get, they're shopping it. And then Bill Simmons, who I believe is our boss. He's our Larry Bird. Was tweeting about how he had heard that the the Lakers were at least going to make the phone call of D'Angelo, Russell, and the number one, the the first round draft pick for Paul George. Right. I don't. I don't think you take that. Paul George is in his prime right now. If you got Paul George in his, but if the Pacers are like, we have gone as far as we can go with Paul George as our number one option. I just don't think that you get rid of Frank Vogel if you think that. Like you've gone as far as you can go. Like right. I think you bring in a new right. coach. And also, Larry Bird is not like I'm here for ten years to see this rebuild through. He right. doesn't believe in rebuilding. I bet. No, probably not. And you don't really need to in the East. I mean, look at the Pacers and the Heat. They missed the playoffs last yeah. year, and now they're back in. Yeah. And they're in the, and Pacers are not in the second round, but the Heat are. It's it's like, you know, it's possible. You can do it. So Frank Vogel is the first person that we wanted to talk about. It's been, I would say, like, not the most inspiring playoffs. Sort of, sort of dark. A lot of blowouts, some injuries, a lot of broken hearts. Uh, broken bones and broken hearts. <laughs> um, that's the theme. And we wanted Which to kind of— Would you rather have a broken bone or a broken heart? What if if you, you're a basketball player, not as Chris Ryan, as an NBA player. Broken heart. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Just just shoot through it. Tough tough for the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so what we wanted to kind of do is do like a misery index of who's who's had a tough playoff postseason here. Right. So we got Vogel. It's been real tough for him. Yeah. Um, losing in seven, then losing your job. Another person who's having a tough time is Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Kyle Lowry has become something of a like uh, a real like point of concern for a lot of people watching. He's making us go, huh? Hmm. What's up with that? Well, because what's up with that is his elbow, which looks gross. There's been pictures of his weird, like deformed looking like somewhat. I'm not a doctor, but looks infected. uh, Keeps getting drained. Very, very Blake Griffian, actually. Yeah. Remember when Blake had a staph infection in his elbow? I do. That was glory days back then. (laughs) He would kill for a staph (laughs) infection right now. Um, (laughs) But what happened was he has been pretty firm about the fact that it's not his elbow that's bothering him right that it's a slump he's just he's just got the yips yeah he's just like not feeling it right now and even though so he's been shooting around 30 percent 30 30 whatever percent. i think lower than that like wasn't he like 23 percent in the first round or something like I, that it's, it's something where he's never shot this bad yeah and he's been in slumps before poor. but it's this is like a six-week slump toronto kind of like staggered into the playoffs took seven games to beat the pacers and even though they looked good at times against the heat it's just at the end of the game that he just have like so many more weapons. They've got Dwayne Wade and Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, and who... the cl- so the Raptors had like Kyle Lowry hit that half court shot, which now it appears he was out of bounds on, right? Like, yes. He... But he still hit it, and it was like very, very Villanova, where Kyle Lowry went, just like Nova won the NCAs. But Kyle you... Lowry loves a shout out North Philly. Yes. Do you uh, think that hurts his relationship with the city of Toronto? He no. has he hasn't given up on North. Is Philly. Toronto really territorial about people? I mean, isn't Toronto all just like a way station for a lot of these guys? Can we do a, tw- a quick twenty four second shots clock? Yeah, Toronto. <laughs> you don't need to have a character. You don't need to be a top tier city. You can just be you. People really like you. 
everyone says Toronto's a wonderful city, but just keep it there. Like you just don't need to be on par with New York. You don't need to be in LA. Just so you keep think it cool. They're being really insistent on being like a world class metro- metropolis. Yes, and everyone says it's a great city, and sure, it's true. But like London is only revered because it's so old and storied. Toronto, it's a lot. It's really hard to have your sunset at 4 p.m. for a lot of the year and be a desirable place to live. That's just depressing. I'm sorry. Toronto, I'm sure, is a lovely place, but just stop trying to make it happen. Just yeah. be you, and that's it. And I kind of feel the way about Lowry and the Raptors. Like, Lowry and DeRozan are not superstars, and in the playoffs, superstars shine. Yeah, that's true. And I think that also there's a, a weird thing about DeRozan where it's kind of a fair a fair complete that he's going to go to Los Angeles. Do you want if you're a Lakers fan, do you want DeRozan? Um I think DeRozan is way better than we give him credit for. And I think sure. that like we do see in the playoffs how hard it is. Like you just need to get buckets sometimes. And yeah. I know that DeRozan shooting 35 times and going like 10 for 30, people are just like this is ridiculous. They'd be used to that here in Lakerland. Yeah, but I think that I think DeMar DeRozan if if you got DeMar DeRozan and Paul George on the Lakers next year with Luke Walton coaching and Julius Randle, Larry Nance, Jordan I really, Clarkson. I really like Larry Nance. I do too. But like if they made that trade and that's how like they, they got George and DeRozan or they got George and whoever else, I'm, th- that's never going to happen. Never going to happen. DeRozan seems potentially realistic. Yeah, totally. Although him and Lowry are supposedly like good friends. Yeah, and I'm sure that it's like there's – I'm sure vibes are good up in Toronto. I mean like they're – it's a city that is on the rise, I suppose. One thing I learned from Jalen Rose that really sucks about playing in Toronto is you have to play taxes in two places usually. Yeah, for two like, countries. That does suck. Although now with like all this Panama stuff, you can probably get a couple <laughs> LLCs going, right? That's true. Just pay my LLC. <laughs> but I don't know. That does real. That really does suck. Two two times. Yeah. And Dwight Howard's paying zero taxes. But you're part of one of the great societies. That's you know? true. Universal health care. That's it. Universal health care. Keep your Bernie bro opinions to yourself. Justin Trudeau just out here. Just, just wel- welcoming migrants. Yeah. It's beautiful. Baby blues. I don't want to, I don't want to say that. Like, I, I think Toronto seems like a great city. I've never been, but just be you. Like, just don't, don't be more than There's you There's a thing where like, I, th- I, I do think because of the media cities feel the need to go from like, from mid tier to high upper tier. And they like do things like bid for the Olympics. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like, just chill out. Just be a city. Like, in comparison, and it, this is fortunate they're playing each other right now, Miami is a city that's like always done it right. It has this very specific character. It's got a, you know, like the Cuban community, people go for partying. It's got the beach. Art, very, very vibrant art. Yeah, art scene. As Justice Winslow will attest to. It's like popular vacation destination for it's Europeans. It's going to be underwater in five years. It's going to be underwater in five years. But like, it's never tried to be like the LA of Florida. It's just Miami. Yeah. It, it just, it does itself. I respect it, you know? <laughs> Toronto just. How much of this is you. influenced by Drake? Um, a if, lot. If, if views hadn't come out, would you feel like you were getting hit over the head with Toronto stuff? Um, probably still, yes, because Drake would still be omnipresent on TV. Worst, worst Drake is fan Drake. Like, yeah, well, let's just do Drake next. Okay, Drake so, must be miserable. Drake, well, but he's rather than being miserable or just taking the L of dignity, he's turned himself into super fan. I, Drake's behavior is not that much better than the dude in purple in Charlotte. Would you call it worst behavior? <laughs> worst. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Drake, there was an amazing moment during the end, I think game seven of Toronto, Indiana, where Kyle Lowry hit like a seven footer left hand floater. Like Great job. Sean Livingston in. makes 10 of those a game. Yeah. And Drake stood up and started clapping like a, like a, 
yeah like basically like un uncontrollable enthusiasm like a dad watching his like daughter hit a softball for the first time <laughs> and he was stuck standing clapping like he had committed to the bit and Paul just, George came down the court and just put a three in their eye and was just like standing right by Drake who was still celebrating Kyle Lowry's busted floater and he was just like I'm such I'm screwed here because if I sit down it means that Paul George really has stuck it to me. He's won. But if I stand up, like, I can't really clap for Paul George. And that was this entire week for Drake in a nutshell, you know? Yeah, he's so screwed. <laughs> yeah. We'll be having more on our podcast network about Drake coming soon. Ooh, good tease. Yes. Well, I'm I'm putting together a Drake podcast yeah. with the help of Chris Ryan and many of my Ringer colleagues. Uh, so more on that on Channel 33. But in the meantime, Drake in the basketball world, we've just really hit. We're oversaturated. Well, I just think that Drake was... I think Drake works better as a ambassador for basketball as a whole. Drake and he should, should be able to be at everybody's right. court side. It's like, let's and get rid of Jimmy Goldstein it. and just bring in Drake. Exactly. So Drake at Kentucky games, Drake at Cavs games, Drake at Heat games, Drake at Clippers games. Like, like he wherever he be, wants to be, he should get, like, the Drake seat. He should be, like, a high school. He go to high school games. Just, Dr like, Drake scout. should be the new Jack. Yeah, just <laughs> Drake should just be a basketball junkie, yeah. and then he doesn't need to, like, have a team, yeah. and he'll be less annoying. And, then, I, and, and then I appreciate he can... that he does have a team. I appreciate that sure. he's sticking to his guys. But it would have been miserable if Toronto had lost in, like, six. Yeah, and then he has an album come out, and people are like, eh, this is okay. It's yeah. too long. That just would have been really, really tough for him. Uh, I also just feel like he – I don't under, know for sure that he understands basketball. Has he ever proven that he, like, really gets the game? Uh, I think he gets the recruiting part of it. <laughs> what's up with uh, – what's the over-under for the Whiteside-Jonas fight? Oh. Like, like how, what, what game is that coming in? We're about, there's been one game so far. I'm yeah. going to put it in game four. Second game in Miami. Uh, I don't, I don't, does Whiteside beef on the road? I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. Like I, I, He probably doesn't. You, gotta, <laughs> you can only fight at home. I and think Whiteside's incredible. I like him too. <laughs> it's how? really wild how when Whiteside just like tries, he's better than like Olajuwon. <laughs> it's crazy. He's so good. Yeah. It's like they just, it's a, it's wild. When he's on the court, it's like a significant difference. How are you feeling about Mr. Being Mary Jane? Dwayne Wade? Mm-hmm. Do the do the listeners out there know about your affinity for Gabrielle Union? She's a great actress. I love her. She, she is wonderful. And one of my favorite <laughs> sideline interview like off-court personalities i like how she NBA. dresses a lot for she's games. just she's just the best she's awesome she really is awesome um gabrielle I'm, and chloe should be like should host inside the nba if kenny smith leaves tnt to go to the rockets and barkley retires it should be ernie gabrielle union and chloe Sevigny. They're gonna say Chloe Kardashian. I was like, I'm really upset about the suggestion. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you think Chloe Seventy? Interesting. She's she a won't huge leave Knicks New York. Fan. I know. Yeah. Will they will they move Relocate. production to New York for her? Why not? Okay. Well, if Ernie's up for it, yeah. Ernie's an incredible host, so I'm sure he can <laughs> handle it. Um, I feel great about Dwayne Wade. I have really talked myself back into him. Yeah. Um, I just I'm enjoying I like greatness and I'm enjoying seeing him rise to the occasion or however he's managing this miraculous performance. I don't know. Uh it's great. I mean, I, I find the Heat very fun. They're, they have no business being as competitive as they are. Dwayne Wade leads us to a larger conversation. Okay. Just I want to take a quick break for basketball philosophy right oh. now. Or just more like actually to talk about us as consumers. Okay. Yesterday in a meeting, our buddy Tate Frazier, we were talking about Kyle Lowry. And Tate was like, here's the thing with Kyle Lowry. I'm going to take this because it was so smart. I got to share it with everybody. Kyle Lowry tries hard during the regular season when nobody else is trying hard and then when everybody else tries hard we find out that kyle lauer is not that good his best is not good enough and i think nobody exemplifies this more than Dwayne wade it's right? so true coasts through the regular season keeps himself healthy 
Hmm. Keeps keeps it lit. Yeah, keeps it really lit. And then really when, stays in Miami to keep himself healthy. Yeah, you know, just doesn't tries, travel too much. Just tries to really stay healthy. Yes. And then when he gets to the playoffs, he tries really hard and elevates and looks like Kobe, you know, cla- like and just is killing people out there. But don't we see this as like a basically like a condemnation? Of, of like the, the regular season yes. in general. We had a couple of really good regular seasons, I think, with those Pacers heat. The Eastern Conference was really tight, if a little top heavy. And then the Western Conference was just like a blood sport for yeah. a couple of seasons. And now I just feel like we're kind of back in a place where the regular season didn't really matter. Do you think we're gonna look back on the 2013-14 season as like one of the, like as like one of the best seasons of all time? I don't know. That's a good question. Because that was a really, yeah. really good season. And I don't mean to sound the, didn't the Heat win twenty in a row that season? Yes. 22 in a row. Yeah, that was the heat run. But then it also but then the Spurs ended up winning the championship that yeah. year. That was the incredible first round of the playoffs. That was like when the Suns should have made it. And that it was and they when didn't. the 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 Warriors really announced themselves, right? Yeah. Well, they they still lost to the Clippers. But um, you could see Steph yeah. was like that was like Steph was coming. Yes. Um like I think that it'll be kind of funny in like 5 years to like go back and look at that season. I guess I saw Churlish when we're talking about the Warriors just set the single season wins record. Right. But so okay, I love I love being a part of history. I love being like, yeah, I remember where I was when. Like, yeah. I, you know. And so it's really cool that we just had this Warriors season, 73 games is incredibly impressive, might never happen again. But the, the focus was so singular on on the Warriors for the last like 9 months basically that it just kind of wasn't quite as fun. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we we like. If I'm so upset that Steph was, got hurt, like it's just more fun when he's playing. But in general, it's really more fun when there's a lot of competitive teams and you just don't know what's going to happen. And I think also just because we've had some injuries in this playoffs, it makes it sort of feel like, well, isn't everything just like a dice roll then? Right. You know, if if you get to the season, let's talk about the Clippers now. If you get to the postseason and you just and get you really have screwed, the Clippers luck. It's crazy. So they're up 2-0. They're feeling good. Howard Beck did like an inside the Clippers for a Bleacher Report this week. And, uh, you know, they're feeling really sunny. They think they're going to they think they're gonna win this series. They're up 2-0. I would think that too. And then game three, uh, Chris. Well, and also Steph's out. Right. So and Steph, Steph is sorry. out. And Steph's out. <laughs> and so, and like Clippers have the underlying numbers that suggest that they are like within reach of a championship so like they're a top five offense and a top five defense i think right yeah so that's usually what you need to win the title and if you have that you just need a couple of things to break your way and something almost literally did break yourself yeah yeah. steph gets hurt don't know when he's gonna be back and the clippers like wow this is great we see our finally chris paul will make it to the conference finals and then they play literally the next day right yeah the next day it's like within 24 hours chris paul breaks his third metatarsal and his uh hand and almost immediately blake starts limping yeah and immediately blake's like oh i'm fucked too and i guess there's not been like official confirmation on what's wrong with blake except well, it's his quad yeah, again it's just it's it's the quad tear and he had surgery and, and chris had surgery so that's why they weren't in portland for right or they, they weren't at either you know the games to to see their see it out that sucks that just really sucks yeah. coming come blake was basically out the all season but was still controversial because he uh punched his co-worker Mat- matthias testy it's been a couple of seasons since They've had all of the big three playing at the same time. Of health. Yeah. I don't think it's ever happened. Chris Paul's been like had like, have nagging injuries for like, the last four or five years. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, like at the peak of Lob City, like they still look great, but they haven't had like a sustained like four months without someone being. Well, I up. wonder whether that's sort of like they neither of them can take like their weird two week break. 
Right. That some guys take. They can't do like the the Dwayne Wade holiday, LeBron yeah, James hiatus, the, the health holiday, the health holiday, the health holiday in Miami. <laughs> it's where you go for convalescence <laughs> and club live. Yeah, um, yeah, it's sexual Clippers. And then meanwhile, Austin Rivers is like out here, just won't give up, fighting as hard as he can, and giving very tender interviews about his lack of relationship Frickin with his dad, telling Arash Markazi that his relationship with Doc has always been about basketball, and that's it. And his he dad doesn't wasn't, even really know him. Dad wasn't around, didn't know him. That's like okay. That's awkward in the locker room. You yeah. got it's like you got Austin talking about his dad, who's the freaking coach and head of pras- basketball operations. And then after Austin finished Game Seven with like swollen shut basically eye, basically half his face bleeding and a swollen shut eye, Game Six, Doc was like, everybody's texting me to be like, man, your son, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. And Austin's just like, yeah. Man, why don't you go have a beer with Dick Larry Bird and get in touch with your feelings, dude? Austin's <laughs> moved to tears by his support from Jamal Crawford, but not from his father. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch his press conference? His eye is like completely swollen. It, it looks like he's just, you know, come out of a boxing match. And he's just like devastated. He's tried as hard as he can. He's playing pretty well. Yeah. And he's just like, Jamal Crawford's the best teammate I've ever had. And it's like, Jamal Crawford's like his new dad or something. I would just bring them all back for one more run. You would? Yeah. One more time? Yeah, because I mean, I think I would identify like whether it's Jamal or whoever else you want to bring back. And maybe Paul Pierce retires. I think like Doc a little is so, bit. so cold to Jamal, but he bails them out like basically every year by being a good, a good scorer. I just, it's hard for me. They're not going to trade any of these guys, so they might as well. Chris and Blake can both opt out after next year, right? Yeah. So just make one more run with it. Sources say Blake doesn't want to go anywhere but Oklahoma or New York. I wouldn't be surprised. I I mean, I still think that, I'm I'm still waiting for this to happen in my lifetime as the changes the locker rooms at the Staples move. Mm. Because that was a Kobe rumor for a while, and I just feel like they would never do it, but Blake must be like, He'd I be, really want to stay in L.A. He'd be Blake's a great Laker. In these, in he'd just these, be a great Laker. Where would he get his improv training? That's a great point. Do they have good improv in Oklahoma? Do you think that Blake and DeAndre are pissed that LeBron is rumored to be involved in this new Space Jam because they did like a Space Jam UCB live read last year and they're like, yo, I'm right here. Blake Griffin would be a much better choice for Space Jam too. than I think LeBron he'd be James. too droll. You do? Did yeah. you watch him on Broad City? Yeah. I did too. It's the only episode of Broad City I've really, I've really watched. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard Blake was on it. I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch that. Why not? Uh, let's move on. Who else is miserable, Chris? The Rockets. The Rockets. Are they the most miserable? Um, Do they? Are they capable of, of like of real feelings? Like to be miserable, you have to like acknowledge feelings. And I don't know if James Harden does that. I can't. I can't identify what I think the Rockets are like. The the most <clears throat> recent thing. So they let go. They, JB Bickerstaff removed himself from contention, but I think probably also had a pretty good idea that he, was he wasn't going to get the job, and this was his opportunity to get a lead assistant job on a good team because the Rockets are not good. What about going to the Warriors? Yeah, Warriors. He could go work for T- Tibbs. He could go work with Brad Luke. Stevens. Like who knows? We Luke. Yeah, Luke. People um, love JB Bickerstaff. I've heard good things about him. Yeah, um, but he's like you know clearly it doesn't matter who coaches them. I mean, so this idea that. So that's, uh, here's one thing I want to talk about is that Daryl Morey gave an interview with ESPN with Calvin Watkins, I think, and he was talking about how all the negative things that we read about the Rockets are like counter ops that come from other teams. What is this fucking SEAL Team Six? Yeah, like that. Basically, there is a propaganda war in the NBA, and that these things that we hear about their chemistry are all coming from. I mean, he alluded to, you know, he said that Dallas had done it in the past and he'd had to have a conversation with Mark Cuban about it, but that they're coming from other teams. Guess what, man? Other teams don't, you don't need any help fucking up your squad, man. (laughs) You don't need anybody. There's nothing about your team 
that were, where I'm like, wow, I'm watching the Rockets, and even though I'm reading all these things about their chemistry, they look like they really get along. Nah. Nah. That's not how it's going down, man. <laughs> nah, son. Uh, ooh, sorry. That was loud. Just call me Kanye over here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the most damning thing to come out since the Rockets lost in five to the Warriors is that James Harden does not ride the team bus very frequently on away games. Yes. That's really fucked up. Yeah. You're allowed to apparently do that when you're in your hometown. Yeah. Because the idea is that you're probably staying with your mom or whatever. Right. Whatever. You're getting a ride in. I'm certain that Damian Lillard's staying at home right now in Oakland. I have no question about that. Right. I don't even need to check. I'm just assuming that's true. Um, Dame wears zero for Oakland, you know. And I know, yeah. Like I think, and I think, but Dame's also like anything I can do to help the Portland yeah. Trailblazers. Yeah, he's a yeah, totally. And it's really wild to me that this is happening, and that they they think that that's like normal, and, also, and that Daryl is like this. We don't have chemistry issues. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah, anybody who watches you play, even if you guys all get along, you don't play like a team that gets along. The lead in the Houston Chronicle today from an article from Jonathan Fagan is like, any coach that comes in needs to be prepared to institute like a significant culture shift. Yeah. So, that's a problem. That's a chemistry problem. And Dwight Howard, I don't... If I were him, I would get it there out of there as fast as possible. I, I don't really know where he should go, but... I don't understand why he this has been like persistent for the last three seasons. And I mean, I guess I, I have a reason I have a guess of why this is, but he will play really well for the first half of a playoff game. They'll be like, OK, we're finally finally going to use Dwight. He's been some seasons. He doesn't play the whole season because he's like resting or whatever. He's been injured. And then he comes back and he plays really well. You get him post ups. They get him alley oops. They get him dunks, whatever. And then in the second half, like they just won't pass the ball to him. It's the same thing with Kevin Love yeah. and the Cavs. It's like you're allowed if, if you're like not in favor you're allowed to like play well for one half and then you're just shut out. Like James Harden it's, won't get him the ball. It's just so obvious when, I mean, it's wild to watch these playoff games and as the games go on, they turn more and more into ISO ball and you can just see the hierarchy of this, these teams. Yeah. It's like even watching, even though Goran Dragic hit like a huge shot against the Raptors in game two. Yeah. It was wild to watch how many times Dwayne Wade basically looked him off. He was wide open in the corner and Dwayne Wade would just, do like in double coverage do like a fadeaway yeah. long two right because he's doing weight right and it's the same thing that's happening in cleveland kevin love is open most of the time in the corner they just don't pass to him yeah it's wild and they dribble so much Kyrie dribbles so much yeah and so it's the same thing that was happening with the Rockets. I think that they would go to Dwight a lot early. Yeah. I thought Dwight looked pretty good in he did. the end of the season in the playoffs. And then they abandoned that game plan in the second half of these games. I have a I have a destination for Dwight. Ooh. Atlanta. Ooh. Horford out, Howard in. Yeah. Back to his hometown. And if Horford leaves for whatever reason, I, I think they would probably, and feeling like Atlanta would probably be like continuity, continuity. But there's always the chance that you, like, people Isn't like Horford Dwight. Is Horford a free agent? Yeah. But like, if he resigned, because he uh, couldn't get more money with Atlanta. Yeah, bird rights. Um, I could see him if Horford's like, I'm going to go to the Lakers or I'm going to go to the Celtics or something like that, which I can't imagine he would necessarily do, that they would d- take Dwight on like a two year deal. Interesting. Because it's just like Dwight in the East gets and if he's playing well, like you're pretty good. Sure. Dwight and shooters, it's not bad. If I'm Daryl Morey, I get rid of Howard and I go so hard for Whiteside. You think that Whiteside and Harden? <laughs> I just think that's what Daryl Morey would do. Uh where do you think I just think he would? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he would. Coming off of this bad season? No, I just think Where that- do you think Whiteside will go? Who needs a center? You know where he should go is Los Angeles. I mean, I could see him going to L.A. I also do see him like working something out where he stays in Miami on like a shorter term deal. Hmm. And is like, I want to be here for the end of Dwayne Wade and keep making runs of the title. 
unless they are hoping that Whiteside leaves so they can make a run at Durant. Right. Clear that cap space. Yeah. Uh, one thing we forgot to mention, I'm just thinking about all these moving pieces just came to mind, was really important Instagram over the weekend. DeAndre Jordan and my number one, Chandler Parsons. Yeah, if anybody's not having a hard time after this Clippers, I think maybe it's because DeAndre actually played fine. He played well. Yeah. It, it's If he hadn't been on the team, they would have been screwed. Without, I mean, you still have to calculate every screwed, game. But... It's like, oh, you lose 10 points because DeAndre can't hit free throws. And so he was partying over the weekend at the bungalow in Santa Monica with Chandler Parsons. They just, you know, no hard feelings. Okay, guys. I, I think, the, I think, but to me, DeAndre Jordan just comes out looking like Do a Do you think that uh, Dwight would work in Dallas? Dwight Howard? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just don't wish that upon Dirk. Like, it's just too upsetting. I just can't imagine Dwight and Rick Carlisle. No. No, I don't think so. Oh. I think Cuban would want Dwight. I just don't think Carlisle could work with him. I, yeah, if I'm Cuban, I'm, I'm Carlisle. I'm just like, please, no. He's been so like finicky with Chandler. Yeah, I know. And Chandler has an opt-out clause, so yeah. who knows if he'll be there next year. So time will tell. Maybe everybody can just play for the Lakers. DeRozan, Paul here. George, Chandler Parsons, Dwight Howard. I would would be so happy if Chandler Parsons lived in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> what a great dream. Should we talk a little bit about Byron Scott, who also got fired? Oh, it's yes. not really a postseason misery index, but I feel like I'm, to the extent that I have any empathy for Byron Scott, I think he got a raw deal. I don't I do think too. he should have necessarily gotten a chance to keep you know, grinding these guys up. But it turns out he was right about D'Angelo Russell right. in terms of him being a little bit immature. And he had to sit through this entire Kobe clown show. Absolutely. He was just brought in to be like a pawn in the Kobe game. Yeah. Um, I am really excited about Luke Walton, however. Like, I just, I don't know why, but I'm so happy to have Luke in LA. I'm just going to put a little bit of like, I'm not sure he's ready out there. Ooh, I yeah. like it. Just wouldn't be surprised. Why does he hold a paper the whole time? Like, what is he looking at on his paper? Um, I like it when coaches do that. Like, they're like, they, like they have <laughs> like some, move. like they have like some sort of like, like, cause that's what offensive coordinators do in football where they have right. the first 10 plays scripted. It's kind of interesting. So you think he's bringing a football mindset? How do you think Bill Walton being a dad? I wonder if he has like lineups that are on there, like lineups and their effectiveness or something. Hmm. Who knows? How do you think uh, Bill Walton being a deadhead affects Luke Walton as a, as a man? Uh, no, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, I feel bad for Byron Scott as well. I guess yesterday he said that he was told that he would be keeping his job, so he was blindsided. Yeah. It just seems like, which just kind of contributes to the ongoing narrative of like the Lakers are kind of a mess. I think they probably thought they that the, the Knicks would eventually make like a, a move on Luke. This Knicks Lakers standoff with Jeannie and Phil in the, in the mix is like should be more fun than it is. Right. But I'm just like kind of like sick of Phil Jackson. Yeah. And either like coach or don't, be president or don't, but like stop talking and like let your work speak for itself. Exactly. I, re- I really hate when very successful talented people like undermine their own uh portfolio and i feel like that's happening right now with phil jackson as kobe bryant did for his like last maybe they should trade carmelo to the lakers carmelo al horford dwight howard Kevin Durant, paul Paul george demar Derozan. (laughs) what a team (laughs) (laughs) i love it thank you for bringing up kevin durant because he um oh yeah he and russell westbrook are playing well right now they're so they are really making a name for themselves uh at their press conferences last week when they were still playing the Mavs, Mark Cuban said Russell Westbrook was not a superstar, and Russell was asked to address it in the postgame presser. And Kevin Durant did like a really cute move where he kind of like intervened, and he was like, "Wait, wait!" wait. And he just grabs a mic, and he's like, "That's stupid. That guy is stupid. That guy's like, an idiot. An idiot. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. It was amazing." He said Villanueva was an idiot, and Cuban was an idiot. Yeah, and I just think you know we're kind of in an interesting Kevin Durant moment. And there was a really well-timed Wall Street Journal article yesterday by friend of the pod, Chris Herring, 
where he talked about how um, KD is listed at six foot nine, mm-hmm. even though he's much taller. And I just, I just want to read a, a, a line from this article. Quote, for me, when I'm talking to women, I'm seven feet. In basketball circles, I'm six foot nine. I love that so much. Why would a woman care if you were seven <laughs> feet tall versus six feet nine? It's not like you're five seven or six two, which would make a huge difference. You know what I mean? Sure. Although I think there's a difference between six nine and seven feet. Yeah, like, but you're past six five, you're already yeah, one you're of really tall. You're already in all likelihood the tallest person that woman has ever seen. That's true. That's true. I just think that from seeing Kevin Durant in person though, he does seem taller than six foot nine. So I'm just like glad he's acknowledging the truth. I don't know what I just think it's such a funny, funny thing for him to acknowledge he does. And then also he's thought about. Like I just feel like there's very little known about Kevin Durant's personal life right now. Yeah. I although shout out to the people on Instagram who like DM me to show me pictures of Kevin Durant with like his girlfriend his supposed girlfriend. That's become like a weird subculture <laughs> is sliding into my DMs and it's I enjoy it. That's why we're here on this pod today, is yeah. so that Juliet can let everybody know that she's still open for business. <laughs> still, send me those pictures of Kevin Durant. But I feel like he's really invested in his dating life. Ever since he broke off his engagement, it's been very murky what's going on with him. And I, he must have, like, real strategies with women. And I feel like he also just must have, like, specific lines. I just want to know what they are. Like, I just – this opens up a whole world of, of Kevin Durant, like, Yeah, because this, this part makes it sound like he almost has pickup lines, whereas yeah. you'd think that I'm Kevin Durant is the pickup line. Right. But it's like – maybe it's like, I'm a seven-footer. Have you ever met a seven-footer before? So speaking of Thunder <laughs> press conferences, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't shout out Billy Donovan's performance. Shout after out to that guy. The Dion Waiters rule game. So they asked Billy – uh, about the Dion Waiters throwing a bow in Ginobili's face at the end of the game to get him off the line. And Billy Donovan acted like the guy in Law and Order who in the first act of the episode is really helpful, but then it turns out he's the murderer. So he was just like, what? Uh, I didn't see what, what you're talking about. See, I'm sorry. I didn't know what you were talking about. So that's why I don't know what you're talking about. I'm you mean, sorry about that. You you, what, what are you talking about? You're talking about Kevin? With Kevin. With Kevin? I apologize. I apologize. I didn't see that. I apologize. It's <laughs> you just sound like, like Officer Krupke from that's what he from sounds like. Dolls. But that's what he sounds like in the press conference. It's like that weird. It's manic. Yeah. Like, and it was just like, I, I Billy Donovan has definitely been around the block a couple times times like he's been at press conferences before so the way that he was doing it i mean he was probably just like i just beat the spurs at, at, at in san antonio yeah this is bucket list shit but um it was just amazing to watch him squirm it was like okay the interrogation booth is open man you can leave it's also really quite different than his usual demeanor he's usually very calm and takes a long time with his words and be like and he it was just very yeah, different. Yeah, it sounded like he had had like four espressos before he started talking. Yeah. About, talking or about me, Kevin? You're talking about Kevin. Or just a latte from Rubies and Diamonds. You're talking about Kevin? Yeah, it was it was <laughs> ridiculous. I really enjoyed it, though. Uh, and that was just the most Dion thing of all time. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what happened. The end of Game 2, Spurs Thunder. There's like five violations on this crazy inbounds play. Most notably, Dion Waiter shoved... Mono Ginobili Come as the inbounder. In, the water is warm. It's Dion Waiters Island. No vacancy here. Uh, we all fled back to the island. It was like the end of Lost, the yeah. end of season three. We have to go back. I was standing on the Waiters dock island. waving at everybody as they came paddling back. And I was like, I never left, dog. Let's get in the outrigger. Jin's here to wait to, to welcome us. Uh, it was amazing. We'll probably never forget that moment. And, you know, we still have so we. I'm just happy we have now at least five games of us. Uh, Spurs Thunder. Yeah. We got minimum three more to go. I think the Thunder are going to win the series. Wow. Bold prediction. I'm too scared to comment. I hope they do, though. It would be really... It'd be really, really fun. How many? How many games do you think that uh, the Warriors need to beat the Blazers? 
I think they'll sweep them. You do? Mm-hmm. Wow, Colts, not even a gentleman sweep? I, I feel like they are like in a weird zone right now where they're like, we, we're almost as good without Steph. Not that they are, but I feel like Draymond is like, he's, he's we're, on one. We're, hitting, we're approaching peak Draymond. He's really on one. I just want to throw out that Steph Curry had PRP therapy. Mm-hmm. So look for him to come back sometime soon. That's platelet, platelet rich replacement He also therapy. looks like he hit a club Monaco. So congrats, congratulations on that blazer. You know, he's probably upset that you just said that because he actually endorses Express. So oh, I'm sure. I'm he, sorry. I'm sure he was wearing Express clothes. It was and it really looked very Express. Uh, this has been Sources Say. Now that we have the NBA show, we'll be doing this more frequently. Yeah, hopefully next week we'll hit, we'll hit it up. Maybe earlier in the week next week or yes. something. And uh, NBA summer's here, which means that all of oh my, God. my favorite NBA players are in Los Angeles. We're going to try to get them <laughs> in. I will be looking for them. Wesley the Matthews, city. have you finished Homeland yet? <laughs> We're coming for you. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the Ringer NBA show, please do. We also have the Ringer NFL show. And go to theringer.com to sign up for our newsletter. Yeah. Watch after the thrones. Bye. Just thought we was going home. Yeah. <laughs>